Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. I love when comedian Missy Hall comes back to beating cancer daily. We just have so much in common and I love to talk to her and I'm so glad that you love the episodes we do together and that she is such a fan favorite because it's such a treat. Missy, I cannot believe how much we have in common, not only cancer survivors, not only comedians, but now grandparents and we're young grandparents. It's crazy. You earned it. I didn't really earn it. It's my husband's daughter. So (laughs) I'm a young grandmother by association, but I'm taking the title. I'm taking the title. And my husband's in the same boat. He never had any biological children, but he's the only grandpa Wow. That little guy's going to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason why I bring it up is because I remember setting my milestones when I was diagnosed with cancer. And the worse my cancer prognosis got, the more milestones I set for myself that I wanted to see myself achieve. So I was going to visualize and manifest the life that I wanted not the life that was happening through this cancer journey. And so how is it for you? Because you just had a milestone. I did. And um, my little baby grandson, Emmanuel, just turned one. And I got to tell you, when I got my diagnosis last February and he was itty bitty tiny, um, I was like, I am going to see this little boy graduate from high school. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see, I'm not going to miss that. I'm going to be there for those moments. And then I'm not good at math, but I'm like, what else is it reasonable for me to expect? Can I be a great grandma? It's totally visualizing those milestones. That's amazing. You went out that far. I did not. I literally sent them so close. They were set so close And I just went to each micro one. It's so interesting to see. I wonder if you're at home setting milestones, if you've even thought about it and how you're strategizing. Because just hearing another person that's gone through cancer treatment and Missy, you set yours like the big goal and I used micro milestones. I wonder how you're doing it at home right now. And, um, my first milestone before I knew anything about my cancer was Christmas. I can't wait. I'm going to put up decorate. Like, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel. I'm like, I'm putting up decorations. I'm going to have lights because my diagnosis was in February. Then when we came to my prognosis being good, because we found things early, I'm like, I'm going to see this baby graduate from high school and I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be mobile all of those. And I think in a situation like yours, where you were given the worst news, 
I think your brain would have to bite off much smaller chunks for sure. Do you know whether you had learned visualization or if it just happened naturally? So in this podcast, we break down strategies every day. So if you haven't listened to Beating Cancer Daily before, Missy is a mini series of a podcast within the overall podcast. And we've done somewhere probably 20 episodes together where we've taken Missy through her cancer journey and now in survivorship. But if you're really interested in these micro strategies, please go back and listen to the episodes that really talk about visualization and manifesting because we do have a lot on those strategies. So Missy, you had learned it before cancer? I did. When I had a divorce, that was a particularly harrowing experience. And Okay, so we have another thing in common. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Were we uh, separated at birth? It was a, <laughs> I think so. I think so. I learned it then when I was looking at trying to figure out housing and all of the things. I kept visualizing peace within my body, right? Because it was everything was scary and nerve wracking. And I so that is when I started really leaning in to visualization, visualizing being in a good place for steps to come. And I'm so grateful that I had learned that then because it really, truly came in handy when I was having to feel the feelings of being newly diagnosed. And then of course the rabbit hole of terror, you go down of what you might miss. And so I would jump out and go into visualizing and that's when I learned it. And I think it's remarkably helpful. Have you done it in your career? Yes, I'm doing it now because I feel like there's, I'm visualizing more in my career that can be, of service speaking, but with humor, I feel like it can be bigger than it is right now. I really feel that too. I know from the minute this happened to you, you kept saying to me early on when most people are just so terrified and so focused on their fear, you from the very beginning have said, I think that I got this for a reason. And now that I am in this journey, I have to use my comedic wit for a bigger purpose than yes. just comedy clubs. I have to use it to really help people. And you are already, I mean, you really are. And I know we've talked about TED Talks and corporate yes. talks and Cancer Survivor Days. And I have this vision of you doing Cancer Survivor Day with me together and me just beaming and being so proud of you on stage. We definitely have to manifest that. Yes. Interesting that at this time when you could be so focused on other things that you're focused on manifesting using your wit for good. Yes. Because I truly in my heart and in my soul believe that every problem that we face brings gifts with it. I know that sounds very hokey, but I believe it. I think that out of trauma, out of fear, 
out of health issues, all of that. There's also other parts of us that learn something, that receive something. And I choose to focus in that direction. I agree with you. We've been very public about the fact that we're both very faithful people Mm -hmm. and that we're spiritual. And I'm going to add one thing because I help so many people who are so ill and a lot of people do end up passing away way before the time that we think they should, right? In typical survival rates. Hopefully I've helped them have a better quality of life Mm. and God willing extend life, but with great quality. But I'm going to say that it may not be revealed in our lifetime. So I'm going to say that things happen so that we'll grow. There's a great quote about people don't grow when they're not challenged. When times are good, there isn't that much growth that happens. The growth really happens out of tragedy and out of conflict and out of pressure, right? That's even how you write a Hollywood script. You put the protagonist, the lead character, under so much pressure that it forces them to go on a journey. And this is also in mythology, right? The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. So I'm just going to add to exactly what you're saying. I agree. And then we may never see it in our lifetime. This may be something that happens out of our lifetime. I absolutely. And think of the things in our lifetime that we have benefited by that we're left here from somebody who's no longer here. Like you just have to believe that there's a greater purpose to all of it. And it's not always what we would consider a happy thing while we're living it. Or what we want. Or what we want. But I still feel like whatever the situation, if you can look at it in terms of what you can either give to others, what you can learn from it, it's a much better feeling than feeling unsettled and afraid. This is going to sound self-serving and I'm not saying it for that reason, Mm -hmm. but here I am in a chemo chair 20 some years ago with a cell phone and a laptop booking comedians to go to different hospitals or community centers, because that's what I decided to do. My first chemo comedy party was to really take this and help as many people as possible. So here I am doing this, right? One, because I love comedy. I love comedians. And it kept me seeing all of my friends who were comedians because they would come to treatment with me. (laughs) It was obviously before COVID. And so here I have this whole circle of laughter and joy. Now, for whatever blessed reason, Oprah decides that this is cool. And they decide to start following me and publicizing what I'm doing. And I make that into her best-selling book as one of her heroes. So that's the part I don't want this to sound self-serving. I'm just saying, if I hadn't been in the chemo chair and then I hadn't just done this and tried to help as many people as possible through the Comedy Cures Foundation that I started that day in my chemo chair. And I hadn't brought all these comics to help everybody else laugh. 
I probably would never have gotten on the Harpo. I wouldn't have gotten on the radar of Oprah and all her people. And then I wouldn't have been in the magazine and been asked to be on the show and then been asked to be in the book. And because of that publicity, my humble story about beating stage four cancer and bringing comedians and you and many others, hundreds others in to help people, all of this just would not have seeded and manifested. And for whatever Oprah's stamp of approval does in the universe and did 20 years ago when she first started covering me over 20 years ago, my gosh, then all of these people around the world on this podcast So we have 42 countries at last count. I'm sure it's way more by the time we air this and six continents. This probably would not have happened in the way that it's happened. So for whatever reason, I've had to go through this and you've had to go through this. And in years, we're going to look back and see all the lives that you've impacted. And then the listeners actually write to me and they tell me how we've inspired them and what they're going to do now with their cancer journey or as a survivor or as a caregiver. And sometimes it's as a caregiver in memory of a patient, but all the acts that happen. Yes. Pretty incredible. It is. Have you ever heard trees have such huge root systems And when another tree is suffering, the tree roots are like this underground network that help each other and support each other. And I'm sure this giant oak has no idea what's happening with this little oak over here, but those roots in that system have all affected each other. And that's how we are as people. Hey, and they talk. So maybe they have little tree root podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I've just pictured I am Groot. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get back to this celebration because you had this grandbaby's first birthday. And when you told me that, I was so emotional for you. It felt so emotional so emotional on several different levels, getting to feel fine. I mean, other than some little complications, but feeling fine, getting to play, getting to see my daughter. The first thing I did on his birthday was call her up and I'm like, Hey, congratulations on your first year as a mama. And she's like, I can't believe you thought of me first. I'm like, this is a big day for you. And Then seeing that baby, I'm like, he's a one-year-old and, oh, I, I mean, I knew I would love a grandchild, but I didn't know how just amazing it would be. And to celebrate his birthday and just see him. Oh, it was like planting a tree because your cancer journey is aligned with his birth. So to be able to every year now document survivorship based on his life is a pretty special. It's amazing. And, you know, 
I was holding him on my hip when I rang the bell after radiation. So I'll always have that little video to for him to have years and years from now. The bell ring, just in case your hospital doesn't have it, it started after I went through, but when you finish a major treatment, a lot of times in the cancer ward, they have you ring a bell just to mark the passing of you accomplishing that part of your treatment. So that's a pretty cool thing. It was beautiful. And my daughter and her family lived two hours away. So they drove, she woke that baby up, brought him to surprise me when I came out of my last radiation treatment to ring the bell. And so I've made sure that I've got those pictures in a special place for him and a special place on my phone. Let's be clear of filing, <laughs> but to celebrate his birthday and watch him eat the cake, like, oh, to see this little guy having his first rush of getting to just eat a whole piece of big cake and people singing to him. It was just the most beautiful thing. And I kept thinking, I'm like, and I'm okay. I'm okay. This day is so big and I'm okay. Are you going to somehow turn being your grandmother into comedy on stage? (laughs) Yes. She's laughing everyone. Yes. Because it, it happened very naturally because when my daughter was got pregnant, she was 25 and everybody's Oh, Carly, you're going to be such a young, sweet mom. And they looked at my husband who's younger than I am. And Jeremy, you're too young to be a grandpa. And Sarah, and they would say to me, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do have jokes about suddenly like, when did this happen? When did all of this and you can't see me, but I'm gesturing at my body going become somebody's grandmother. And it's very fun. A lot of my humor has always been about being a woman growing older as a woman and now to be somebody's grandmother, while still thinking I am somebody that Zach Afron would totally want. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's somebody that people consider to be a hot comic, not a hot comic, a hot actor. Oh, yes. And I was like, I'm somebody's grandmother. Yeah. And so it has led pretty smoothly into comedy. I think I could break your heart. So my daughter is a TV writer, producer in Hollywood, but she had a music deal first. And so she was invited to the Playboy Mansion's holiday party. And so you got dressed up to go to the party. So they had the way she described it were like tents. So you were in different tents with all kinds of celebrities. And she and Zac Efron were in the same tent. Okay. I I just... (laughs) I just to sit in that tent with Zac Efron. (laughs) They actually share the same entertainment attorney. Now, are you kidding me? Yeah, that wasn't how that happened. She had this entertainment attorney before, but they ended up speaking because they have the same entertainment attorney. So she was in a tent talking to Zac. Yeah, yeah. 
and could I, just casually say, oh, we have the same attorney. <laughs> she was in a fairy oh. outfit. She looked really cute. I bet. I, and she was adorable in her fairy outfit. She might kill me, but I think he hit on her. And <gasps> I think she would, just wasn't into actors. So that didn't go anywhere. But I hope I'm not telling a tale. I, I do yes. believe it was so long ago. I do believe that he hit on her. Do you remember being at the age when certain people would hit on you and be like, I'm just not in the actors. And then <laughs> now I'm 56. I'm like, oh, if you smile at me, I'm into you. <laughs> like, the bar's lower. No offense to my husband. <laughs> you know. But Some no. guy actually told me that I would get to a certain age and I would never be looked at again. And he also told me to cut my hair because women my age shouldn't have past 40 long locks. And so my hair is down yeah. past my boobs. I mean, I purposely out of defiance when it grew <laughs> back from being bald for two and a yes. half years. I've always kept it super long, but he since passed away, but I always would just account for all the people that hit on me in a day. I just right. would send text messages, three guys in their twenties, one guy in their forties hit on me today. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I love the fact, I wish he were still alive because I would definitely rub it in that you're a cougar for sure. Yes, for sure. For so sure. It's interesting because I wondered if there was any part of you that was at that first birthday party taking notes from your comedian brain. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I was because watching my husband with a toddler who is he's had zero experience with that watching my daughter be a mom is amazing because let's be clear i have loved her since before she was born but her teenage years were not joyful oh, okay so it was the payback that's yes. so funny it's watching her but then watching how beautifully she's handling it but also knowing that she has to handle it <laughs> Just <laughs> things are just percolating in my head. And I'm going to share another little secret. Okay. Oh, are you going to say? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Okay. Don't tell anyone, people. Yeah. Guys, we haven't made this public. So just make up a name. <laughs> six but continents of people. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> but when she arrived for his birthday party, she had this big grin on her face. She's a mom. I'm pregnant. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, I am so over the moon. She took the pregnancy test at a Wawa restroom on her way to my home because oh. she was sure. <laughs> I was like, that's a visualization that anyone in America. Yes. And it's <laughs> funny because just from comedy writing, if you were making this up and you had your choice between 7-Eleven bathroom and Wawa bathroom, mm -hmm. you would write Wawa bathroom yes. because Wawa is funnier. 
It's funnier. 7-Eleven. Yep. And it true story, but yes, it absolutely is a funnier sound. So as I'm sitting there so joyful and celebrating and watching E eat cake and watching him run around and Carly having to wrestle the dogs away from the cake and all of the things I was thinking she's going to have another one this time next year. And I get to watch, which again, my mom and my grandmom heart is so full, but my comedian brain is having a blast with all of this. <laughs> really, really is. It's so great. I, I know that people can understand because a lot of my friends have had super challenging kids and that comes full circle. It really comes full circle. It does. And let's be clear. Some of the things that were challenging about her were things that I knew would serve her very well. Stubbornness, determination, making sure her voice was being heard all of it. These were wonderful things just geared for good and not evil against her mother is better. I knew that those traits were going to serve her very well. They did not serve me very, very well. There are so many great stories and I don't know where you are in your cancer journey, but I urge everyone that I work with. And when I speak publicly to start documenting these great stories, because no one knows what their fate is, whether it's cancer, not cancer, accidents. You just don't know. The world's so crazy right now. So start documenting these great stories, not only about your own life, but about your kids' lives, about your grandkids' lives. It really doesn't hurt. And I have a friend who passed away very prematurely, and I urged him to just talk into a video camera and record his life. And he did pass away, but we have this videotape. And so the children and now his grandchildren can really hear him talk about their parents and just really share who he was as a person. And there are really cool organizations that will help you document your story. You can get a book to answer questions. You can do them on video. There are services that are for-profit and also charity-based. I think it's called Memories Live or Memories Live, but you can find them on the internet and they will help you document your story as a cancer patient and let these live on. I also have talked about before making a humor memory book where you take pictures of yourself, the funny pictures, not the the most gorgeous pictures. And you do the funny stories that you remember about your life and about your friends and family members. And you can even ask other people to contribute their funny stories about you. And you don't have to have a terrible prognosis to do this. It's just a really fun way to pass the time while you're going through cancer treatment. And then you also can have this for your generations to come. Missy, your family has so much fun documented because you are a comedian. 
but I still think to do this even more personally might be something really fun for your daughter and your grandkids. I love that idea. And it's, again, it's no coincidence. You mentioned this just last three days ago, not even last week, three days ago, I wrote a blog about gratitude and I had my daughter read my rough draft and I've since posted it on my website and posted it on my social media. And she called me and she was grinning, but she was teary. She's like, it's so wonderful to see my mama through this lens because I forgot about, we speak all the time. We have deep talks all the time, but for her to get a glimpse into how my mind works when I'm writing, I didn't realize what an impact it would have on her. I I get that. I mean, we're on such a similar journey Mm -hmm. and I just felt the same kind of joy and pride from my daughter when I reported how fast the podcast has grown and just in so few months, how we hit the top 10 podcast list. And that's thanks to you too, Missy. I mean, people just love your episodes, but to sit among the giants with our podcast, being one of the best cancer podcasts, helping patients and caregivers to be along with Sloan Kettering and John Hopkins and ASCO and Cure Magazine and Cancer Care, to be in that top 10 realm when we've only been on the air a few months is just so mind boggling. But to have my daughter who's in media appreciate what we're doing here and thank you because you do just serve. And I, I want to just let you that we all do this for free. Yes. Missy does it for free. Jackie does it for free. I do it for free. And if you want to keep this podcast commercial free, which we have hundreds of episodes commercial free, please consider asking someone who has pennies in their pocket to go to comedycures.org and make a donation because we do have to pay for the production of this. And we do post quite often on social media to let as many cancer patients and caregivers and survivors and healthcare workers know about it. And all of that part of it costs money. And so if you can please uh, just ask someone on your behalf to make a donation in honor of you or to make a donation in memory of someone We just really want to keep this commercial free and we still have a third over a hundred and what 30 episodes to go on the 365 day commitment. So just please, we're going to just ask from time to time that you do reach out to someone to make a donation to the comedy cures foundation to keep this commercial free. And like I said, we do not get paid to do this. We meet every week and we do this. And these come out so often because we just want to give back. Yes, it's so true. I, I can't imagine not doing it. Yeah. And I I just feel so grateful to get to do it. And I'm also, remember, I'm a receiver of this podcast as well, because this happened right when I got my diagnosis. And you listened way before. Yes. 
we asked you to, to come on and tell your story. Yes, I absolutely did. So it just, it's quite a meaningful thing. And like you were saying, the top 10 list is just, again, it's a meant to be sort of thing. It's so crazy. And everybody stops me. Like people will stop me at events. Someone will say, that's the host of Beating Cancer Daily. And people will come up to me and go, are you crazy doing 365 episodes? Like you did 180 plus episodes every single day without missing an episode or rerunning. Now it's a little different structure because the patient said that they couldn't keep up with it. So now we do three live episodes, three new episodes a week, and then we do fan favorites so people can catch up to all the episodes. But we may go back to seven live episodes a week, seven new episodes a week. It's just people go, how do you think of the topics? And it's such an honor to do this. There's a reason how and why I beat stage four cancer. And the fact that there are listeners around the world that want to check in on a daily basis and hear these strategies and these conversations and really feel listened to because we take your suggestions and we will bring them on and do episodes about it. So please continue to go to comedycares.org and hit the record button and talk to us or hit the menu and contact us in writing. We really love that you're part of this community. And Missy, I love that you're not only my friend and a Comedy Cures performer, but that you are a regular on Beating Cancer Daily. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I said it before and I'll say it again. I am beyond honored to be here. And thank you for having me. I love you, girl. Love you right back. <laughs> <laughs> Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you loved today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because... Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more robust and interesting programs our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to comedycures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>